Leah. Hi, I'm Namira. And, and this, this is, is Operation, Operation Tomato Meter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the classic's most Tama-terrific film podcast, Operation Tomato Meter, where we talk about the latest recent uh, TV shows and films. So, if you haven't jumped off a 40-feet cliff, then you know about the Oscar-winning film, Coda. So, Coda is actually a remake of the 2014 French-Belgian film La Famille Bellier, which uh, is directed by Sian Heder, not sure how to pronounce his name. And it recounts the story of Ruby Rossi, who is a coda, or a child of deaf adults, who is navigating her way through high school and also her household obligations as the only hearing person in her family. So the 17-year-old is struggling to balance the fate of her family's fishing business with her new exploration of her passion in music, and eventually must decide if it will be worthwhile to finally leave her family and explore her passion in college. Okay, so there's definitely going to be a lot to unpack today. But before we get into our thoughts, we're going to go into our favorite segment, which is around or not, where we try to have our guess at what the critics and the audience think about this film. So um, I'll start off with the critic score. Um, okay, so I did personally really enjoy it, but not to be swayed. I would say, and it did win an Oscar, so definitely there is a lot of critical acclaim for it. So I would say that the critics gave it in the 90s, but maybe not to be too blindsided about how much I liked it, I'll say a 92. Yeah, very similarly, I kind of went up like one point. I'd probably give it a 93 because I was on the lower end of things. I don't want to give it like a much higher like 90s related score like I wanted to do around like a 92, 93 because there was a lot that was really good about the movie in terms of like actually like the cinematography and whatnot and deliberate choices. However, I do think a lot of the dialogue and the script was something that stuck out to me, did not necessarily have the cohesion that I would assume an Oscar winning film would have. So that's, that's my case for an interesting because I was the exact opposite. I didn't I wasn't too starstruck by the cinematography, but the dialogue I really liked. So we'll get into that later. I agree with Nadia on that. I think that the dialogue was actually really good, um, considering that it's a film about a deaf family and dialogue might not be like the most important thing that they were considering. Um, but I think they did a pretty good job of it, except for some of the more cliché parts, which was actually my problem with the film, is that yeah. it was very cliché and verging on formulaic. Yeah. With, um, coming of age film, I was getting Lady Bird vibes through it, and Lady Bird was received very highly, so maybe that is what they were going for. And it was a remake, so there wasn't so much that it could have changed. But um, it still felt like it was uh, just watching like a, a traditional coming-of-age high school yeah. film. But um, I think the critics would have received it very highly considering that the story was just done very well. Um, and there were so many high points to it. Like even the cinematography wasn't, you know, it wasn't like ambulance. Uh, it was still, <laughs> it was good for the film. Uh, there wasn't much to say about that, I guess. And there wasn't much to say about the score, which was, um, kind of non-existent. There was well, some music except for her singing and the songs that they were used. But anyway, I'm going to agree with Nadia and go with a 92 as opposed to a 93, so we're only one point off. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of points that I agree with, but we'll get into that later. But for now, we're going to have our lovely producer show us what the actual critic score is. Alrighty, go roll. Okay. Oh. 94! Yay. So we were very close. Okay, we were nice. A little higher than I thought it yeah. would be. I mean, it is towards the lower end of the 90s, so we're on track with that, which I agree with. I think it definitely was a film deserving of a 90s score. Similar to what Aaliyah said and Amir said, 
it's not entirely perfect, but it does have a lot of heart, the story, so despite some flaws, I think it genuinely deserved the score. What do you guys think? There was a lot of heart. I mean, it wasn't really my type of film. I don't really go for coming-of-age movies, especially ones that uh, use so many cliches. And some of it was, I guess, not relatable for me and probably not for you guys as well because we didn't, we probably didn't grow up in schools where yeah. there was like a lot of bullying going on and a lot of this very like traditional. I, that I is true, actually. You mentioned that. Like I'm thinking like Disney Channel shows that I never watched as a kid, but that's the sort of thing that like used to happen in those shows. I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it might have been a little lower in my mind <laughs> because it's just it was a lot of. Uh, very cliche moments, and some of the dialogue was cliche, but it was pretty good. I would say a lot of it, only because, okay, the main, like, sore thumb of dialogue moments that are, that's, like, sticking out to me is, like, when she goes to tell, um, the choir teacher that, um, she feels uncomfortable, like, singing in front of everyone else. I'm like, okay, we've heard this story, like, 14 times. She's like, she's, she's sure, so I was like, I don't know, like, girl, you know, <laughs> like, spit it out. But, like, that's kind of, like, the moment where I'm like, okay, this is kind of, like, I see where it's going. It's, it's going for coming of age, but, like, I feel like coming of age, again, it's so exhausted, and it can be so, like, cliche, especially in a high school setting, that, like, I'm also finding myself comparing it to, like, other movies, like, say, Moonlight, which is still a coming of age movie, but of entirely different, you know, like, level in as such, you know? Again, those cliches are, like, really apparent in this movie. Especially with the dialogue, which again, I know you all disagree with, but also it touched upon a lot of different like other movies. It gave me the feel of Nomadland, a very like cozy house, no, not cozy, but like cozy, like as in like straight up to the audience type of feel. It wasn't anything like very like um, ambiguous about the movie. Um, it gave me that kind of vibe. It also reminded me a lot of the spectacular now, the actual romantic uh, dynamic, because it was so quickly like turned into something positive, which I did not like for that necessary thing. Like I want a little bit more of like a development between that. You mentioned all the great points though, which I want to delve into further later on. But now to switch tracks onto the audience score, considering that people aren't thinking so critically as like the critics are sometimes, and I feel like they might be a little more, you know, affected by, like I said, the heart of the show and just the emotions that go along with it, like me and how I cried when I watched it. Um, I feel like people are going to be touched by, especially the family aspects of the show, because that's the entire, that's the main foundation of this story. And I think the cliche does derive a lot from her school life, but her family side of the story is what really brings it all out. So I would say that the audience would give it a 96. I'm just gonna say that. I feel like slightly higher, or maybe the same. I feel like it's in the 90s though. What yeah, do you I'm thinking it's gonna be very similar because I don't know how much higher the audience yeah. score could be because I certainly wouldn't give it any higher than a 94 and I personally wouldn't give it a 94. Um, I think the audience definitely would have also caught on to some of the more formulaic and cliche aspects of it, but I do like what you said. <laughs> and, and now that I'm thinking about, th about it, I think the audience might have actually gone lower than the critics. <gasps> no. Because I would go lower than the critics, and maybe other people would have the same thoughts. But and me <laughs> I think it's, I'm usually an outlier, so we can't There was that. a lot of heart in it, but the audience might have been a little pickier with a lot of it, it especially since be. we've seen a lot of films like it, and yeah. the audience would just be like, this wasn't such a great film. Like, it was really good, but, and maybe it did deserve to win the Oscar just for its storyline and everything, but it was also a remake, which I guess the audience would yeah. be thinking about. So I'm gonna say 91. 
Okay. That's a little closer to what I would give it. I actually kind of went one one point lower than my critic score, so I'm gonna give it a ninety-two. I'm very interested to see what it is now, because I, if it's lower, I mean, as long as it's in the nineties, I guess yeah, I'm fine. I'm, as long as it's in the nineties. I don't think it's gonna be in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was it was received very highly, so let's see. Yeah. Can we have the our lovely producer show us the audience score, please? I'm like nervous. Thank you. Oh, who said you said that? Yeah. Oh my god. So I, I agree with that. It is interesting that it's lower because we yeah. don't see that all that often. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I wonder what people's exact reasonings were, but I mean, it's in the 90s, like it, so I'm happy. As long as it's in the 90s. Oh my god, I remember what I was talking about now. So the <laughs> other movie that it reminded me of was Whiplash. Just solely for the sake of the choir teacher and um, Ruby's dynamic, yeah. which I feel like was was very much teetering on whiplash, but like poorly done. Anyways, yes, that's. The I mean, speaking of that, which I guess we can go into our thoughts now and start mm -hmm. discussing further. That was what struck me. Also, it was like a big cliche, like that that guide, that guidance figure, the teacher that's like trying to push you towards your dreams. Which I mean, it does happen in real life, I guess, not to me, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, it just happened, but I guess that big part, I felt like at that moment it was like a Disney Channel show, like an <laughs> original movie. But I mean, I love this character, you know, he, he's a great actor, so I did love him, but yeah, I, that's one of the cliches I, we can see in this film. I didn't mind that cliche as much as like the romance cliche because uh, I liked the portrayal of like having someone who's facing adversity all the time, who's had, who's had, who has guidance from a person who is just pushing her to do her best and also seeing something in her that she, not just that she couldn't see it in herself, but she didn't have the opportunity to see it in herself because she was raised by a deaf family, so mm. she didn't necessarily have people telling her that she was like good at singing. Yeah. Um, so I didn't mind the cliche so much because it shows that if people are given a push in the right direction that they can become so much more. And also I liked all the little things about that he was teaching her about breathing and about passion and really feeling the music and everything and I really like that and in a way it makes you think like if, if I had had someone like that when I was younger or adults thinking of that when they were in high school if they had had teachers who were maybe pushing them a little more maybe they would be somewhere different or not even that maybe they would be different people you know and that also makes you think I want to be that person for someone else. But with the audience score, I don't think audiences would have thought about that as much. And some people, now that I'm thinking about it, might have not liked it because they might be a little biased against the portrayal of deaf people, which is kind of sad to think about, that they would be like, we don't need a movie about this. And which I completely sad, disagree yeah. with that. And I would go lower simply just because, not because of the actual storyline, but because of how they use the storyline. And it, they could have done a little better on that, I think. But was this made during the pandemic? I'm not sure. Probably. Actually, probably. So I can excuse some things when they were facing a lot Wait, of can you things. go further like into what you mean? Because I'm interested now. Like, what exactly about like, the representation or like storyline did you have like problems with? Because it's a remake, right? So I can excuse some things about it, like some of the cliches with the romance and everything. But I feel like they could have changed it a little bit to make it a little less formulaic just mm -hmm. like the the process of how she realized like her attraction to the guy and their relationship and jumping off of the cliff into the water it was just it, it felt like something that you'd seen time and time again yeah 
So I, I don't know what else they could have done, but they're also the professionals, so maybe they could have figured out a different way of portraying it. could also be that we're high schoolers, and so what we're seeing is something that doesn't necessarily relate to yeah, our that time in high school. <laughs> but yeah, when comparing cliches, I would say, like, absolutely, I really enjoy the teacher, if anything. Like, that was definitely a good uh, push for her, and that did, like, have substance and push the story along. But yeah, trying to consider the love storyline with Ruby and I forgot his name. Miles. 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 Uh, Miles. Uh, I'm trying to think exactly. Like, did it push the story along? No. I don't no. think it did anything for her character development and it really, I don't know, did, it, did you think that it helped her character along? Or did I'm it not think about it. I don't think so. I, don't I feel like it, it, did. didn't, it didn't either. I feel like it was just there. Whereas I would have wanted a little more insight on the actual family. Like, that's the relationship I cared more about, the family relationship. And kind of even seeing Leo's relationship with um, Gers Gertie? Gertie, yeah. Gertie. Yes. That would have been a little more interesting, I except for like the one bar scene. Um, <laughs> that was actually cute. That was, that was cute. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> that was just out of nowhere. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but, like, seeing kind of that, because at the end, we did see that their relationship actually helped out, and, like, she became more a part of the family yeah. in the sense to where she sat with him during Ruby's concert and yeah. whatnot. So, possibly that was the better relationship in Kodo. I would say the same. But um, yeah, that's that scene when she's like trying to tell them like, oh, she's singing so well, mm -hmm. and that would really touch. And me. they hold each other's hand. Yeah, I really love that in their relationship as well. But I do agree that the family, not even the relationship, the family story was so much better than Ruby's oh, story about yeah. the fish. I always wanted to hear so much about the fishing business and how they were doing it. But they just showed a montage of them like getting more customers and stuff. I wanted to yeah. hear more about that because it seems like something that would have been really difficult for them to accomplish. And Ruby was really pushing it along because she was their interpreter. But also, everyone else in the family had such a big role in it as well. So I really wanted to see how their character development uh, would have progressed. Even the parents. Because you don't always see parents developing in films like this. Usually it's just the kids developing because of their parents. But the parents also did experience periods of growth in the film. And I would have liked to see that a little more than just seeing Ruby and Miles, who really had no purpose in the film, and he could have just been a friend. I, do, I don't think they should have even stayed together. <laughs> I would disagree, though, in that regard, because when looking back on, like, a two-hour film, I feel like Miles didn't have, even though he didn't provide much for the story, I feel like they didn't have him a lot in the film compared to the family, so I feel like they did flush out the parents, because we did have the scene with the in the bedroom with her and her mother, and then there's a scene. It's a bedroom. I thought of something a completely <laughs> no, different not that. scene. We're, th we're thinking about a different scene with the parents. Um, and then the father. I, I loved the father. Like how it singled him out in the scene where she's having her concert. And you can see him looking around trying to gauge what the reaction is by the audience. And then you feel his isolation and just his confusion a little bit. And then the scene. Okay. This is where I start crying. The scene where he asks her to sing Sorry. for him. Now... I don't think that was a cliche, but like no. it was just so beautiful. And I was thinking, I'm like, if he puts his hands on her foot to feel her singing, yes. and he did, that was beautiful. Like that was just such a beautiful scene, one of my favorites. And so I just feel like the parents were kind of flushed out, and we did see them understand her more, as compared to the beginning when the mother per se just rushes off her singing, saying it's a phase and she's a teenager. So I do feel like we got some growth in that regard. Mm -hmm. You know, something also like admirable about the actual film is that they did use deaf actors, which I yeah. think is a huge step 
towards the actual film itself, like film industry. And I think that was very, very well done. And they chose, you know, a, a newer, fresher face to do, um, to play Ruby, who also knew how to sing. So like, everything's yeah, like very fun. like, diegetic in a way. It's yeah. not very like mass produced or overproduced or anything like that. They really like tried to do the story justice in a way. They did respect the deaf community as well, even in little ways. Like I noticed they didn't try to cover up any of the silence with background music. Yeah. During like family discussions, it was just silence and you could like hear the sounds that their hands made as they were signing. And that meant so much more to the audience than having background music. And you can understand so much just by seeing their facial expressions and everything. And uh, personally, I had a new uh, understanding of the deaf community watching this, even though I'm sure no one could ever really understand what it's like to not hear, because when people are born deaf, I'm sure they can't understand what it's like to hear, yeah. right? It's a completely different way of perceiving the world, and I feel like we really do get that from the film, so that's something that I think that they did really well. Like, going back to the soundtrack and how there was, like, an absence of a soundtrack, I also really enjoyed that. Um, and then it only happens once, but um, they do that thing where they strip all the audio and you hear nothing, yes. which I was wondering when I started the movie if they're going to do that multiple times in the film, which I kind of didn't want them to do. Mm -hmm. But then they did it in a scene that I think fit well when she's singing, and then and then right away like the duet is kind of cut off and like lowers into just nothing. And then we see from the father's perspective, and I think it was like a good choice to have us hear a little bit and just hear how good, how well they were singing, and then you really want to hear more, and then you go into the father's perspective where he can't hear and be really fully a part of it. So I think that helped the audience step into his shoes for a little bit. And so yeah, overall, we really enjoyed it, but it does still have some flaws like every movie. Um, but yeah, that's a wrap for today's episode. Stay tuned for more Tom and Terrific content from Operation Tomato Meter on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate us five stars. And be sure to check out the Classics Instagram and TikTok page at THHS Classic to see our bloopers, behind the scenes, and other cool projects we're working on. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. -bye.